Pastor Jack Hibbs, the hallowed halls of Congress, walks in and they said to him, hey, you can pray, but you can't pray like this. And he just was like, nah, nah. Welcome back to episode 91 of the What's the Deal podcast. Thank you all for watching, checking in, listening, however you are consuming this podcast. I appreciate you all so much. We've got a great show. Going to do a call-in for the first time, a call-in part of this show, which is something I've wanted to do, which is to hear from you guys, to get your feedback, your questions, anything you want to share, and I can give my opinion, my perspective on it. Um, so I'm going to link the number that you can call and leave me a message anytime, and I can answer it here in the podcast. So we're going to do our first one of that today. Um, also want to get into a cool story about a uh, pastor saying a prayer in front of Congress that I saw. But first, I want to talk about last week's episode and the birth of our second child. Um, thank you all for reaching out um, after you listened or watched that episode. I think that was one of our most popular episodes we ever had here at What's the Deal. The birth story was crazy, and people responded very well to it. Like, I think people were really, you know, taken back and... Thought it was insane, and I, I, I don't get sick of telling. I'm just like telling, telling it every day still to someone new. You know, the cash, the cash register guy at CVS. I'm like, hey, listen, you know this little baby. You should have, you should have seen how this baby came into the world. And he's like, sir, what? Can you just please ring up the, ring up your seltzer water? Um, but we got a lot of great feedback, and thank you for all everyone who shared, shared it, listened to it, watched it. Um, cause it was a lot of fun to make and, um, we appreciate all the well wishes and the prayers, uh, you know, update on the whole family. Everyone is happy. Everyone is healthy. Thank you, God. Um, you know, everyone is just do, you know, doing well, uh, still not a ton of sleep with the baby. You know, she seems to really like sleeping during the day at night. She's a little less inclined to sleep, which is. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate for us because we're really hoping she wants to sleep at night. She has counter offers. She's like, counter offer, mom or dad. How about I stay awake at night, but during the day, I sleep like an angel. So we're we're doing the dang thing. Um, you know, she, her her sleep is getting there, which is um, you know, everybody's kind of like big question. That's always like the the thing everyone's kind of worried about or is, is hard as parents that kind of sleep deprivation. And it is hard for sure to not get um, all the necessary sleep. But I, I think there's something that comes with being a new parent. I think there's a lot of grace and we have felt a lot of grace with our second, especially as we have our first, our boy, and then our girl. We felt a lot of grace. We have felt grace in this time where grace is just kind of put one foot in front of the other. It's not uh, to like think about it on paper, to think like, wow, I have to wake up in the middle of the night, you know, for the woman to feed, to, you know, for the guy to help or to warm up a bottle or whatever it is and to wake up with another baby and, you know, to try to take care of them and, you know, and work and do all these things that can, on paper, it can be pretty scary. And yeah, it is. It's not easy. But I think what doesn't get talked about a lot, I have felt and something we have felt is just like this outpouring of grace that we've gotten. Um, you know, me and Tanya have gotten a lot of grace to be there for the kids, to support them. Um, and I think kind of like, it's just like a kind of good reminder for me that God is with us in our vocations. God is with us every step of the way. God is with us to kind of outpour the grace and everyone's praying. And, um, 
you know, there's no grace for the imagination, as they say. You know, there's no grace for what you think, you know, might happen. But when you're in the moment, like we're in these moments of lack of sleep and trying to feed and, you know, a baby boy throwing stuff everywhere and trying to, you know, make dinners and still live our life. Um, it can be like intense, but it's also so good because it's living on our vocations and there's so much grace for these moments. And I never like thought of that. I was always like, I was always one of those people that was like, wow, like how do parents do that? Uh, wow. How do parents like wake up and do this? You hear stories and oh, this baby was colicky and they didn't sleep for six straight hours and held them in their arms only, you know, can only do contact naps, all these kind of like scary parent things. But in my experience, um, and what we just try to do is just try to rely on the grace of God and just tap into that to say, hey, like, yeah, we're not strong enough. We need some help along the way. So knocking on that door of God. Hi, God, it's me again. Uh, yeah, need a little more grace to clean up this poopy diaper for the eighth time today. I have dookie all over my hands, God, and I, I need a little help to not, to not lose my mind. Um, and so we're, we're just feeling out point of grace. So thank you to everyone who has reached out, who has, um, you know, prayed for us, sent us food, been there for us. It's really appreciated. I'm glad you all liked the story because it was a pretty crazy story and we loved telling it. So thank you to all of you. Okay. Something I saw online, which was recently, um, a pastor was invited to Congress. His name's Pastor Jack Hibbs. And he was invited to Congress to say a prayer before like a congressional vote or something happened in Congress. So Congress invites a pastor to say a prayer before a congressional meeting. They give this pastor rules. Okay, you can say whatever you want in the prayer, but you can't say the word father. You can't say the word Jesus. You know, keep it very vague. And, um, you know, as the story goes... He kind of wrote this prayer that was very vague, but right as he was about to go say up the prayer or the night before he was going to go say this prayer before Congress, he was like, you know what? Like, I need to be bold. I need to be more bold than this and forget these rules. And so he goes up there and is just like, all right, thank you all. Uh, let's start with the prayer. God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our our Savior and the only begotten Son, Lord. We thank you for all that you give us and just like rattle off this super awesome prayer that is just like was against all the rules and apparently like people got upset whatever 24 con congress people said like you know he shouldn't be saying this and um he shouldn't be saying it should have been like this and should have been like shouldn't have been that specific you can't say the word jesus and you know separation of church and state and his response was a you guys invited me <laughs> so like i'm gonna say this, you guys invited me so I'm going to say the prayer. And B, he was talking about this boldness, like this boldness that he felt he needed to um, speak with and to pray with, to speak from and to pray from, um, kind of this boldness of the apostles. Um, and I, I thought it was really cool. And, it, and for me, it was inspiring because he just like went for it. And I think in our society, I know for me, it can be very hard to be bold as a Christian. You know, it can be very hard to be bold as a Catholic. Our society does not reward boldness. And so this pastor, I thought it was so awesome. So I was like, you know what? That's freaking awesome. This guy gets, you know, like gets in the howl, 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 howl halls, the howl, hallowed, the hallowed halls of Congress. 
Pastor Jack Hibbs, the hallowed halls of Congress, walks in and they said to him, hey, you can pray, but you can't pray like this. And he just was like, nah, nah. Like, I don't answer to you. I answer to God. And I'm going to pray and honor our God, not just you guys, and keep it safe. And that idea of keeping it safe has just been like rocking through my head recently, rocking through my heart. You know, as I've, I've really been... I'll say I've really been struggling with boldness, boldness of faith recently, the past like six months. It's really been on my heart, this idea of being bold in faith in our society. How do, how, how can I be bold? How much is too much? You know, as I've done this podcast, I've kind of gone back and forth with how I've wanted to talk about our faith. Um, and I've thought about what it means to be bold and how do, how do I talk about our faith and how can I be bold? And there's been time, and I think I've had a lot of fear about being too bold. I've had a lot of fear about being too bold because I'm scared of how it'll reflect on me. I'm scared that people will think this guy's not holy enough. I've seen, I've seen this dude, you know, you know, drink 20 beers in a night. I've seen this guy, you know, curse his mind off in a basketball court. I've seen this guy, you know, blabber his mouth for, you know, uh, a whole night. I've seen this guy be a jerk. I'm scared of how it reflects on me because I'm scared of being bold because that means then it, like, will it uproot the weak parts of me? I'm scared of being bold because of how I think the, uh, the platforms will treat me. I'm, I, I, you know, I think more about how Instagram and, and YouTube and TikTok and Facebook, how these platforms will receive boldness of faith. Will they take down the content? Will they sh- put stripes on it? Will they ban me? Will they shadow ban me? And so I've kind of tipped around around, tiptoed around faith and talked about the faith or really pointed aspects of the faith, um, to kind of keep it safe. I wanted to keep it safe, you know? Uh, palatable. I want to talk about the faith in a palatable way, not have it be too bold or too harsh, because I don't want the platforms to 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 ban me. I think I've been scared about being bold in faith or how people receive it. I've thought about these responses or comments I would get, that I could get, that might like try to try to like, you know, tear down what I'm saying. And so maybe I haven't said these things or been super, super bold because I feel like, how is this going to be received? How is it going to reflect on me? How are people going to think about this? Is, or is it too harsh? Is it too much? And I've actually put that at the forefront of how I make content. I've put that at the, as like the, the, the top priority. Don't go too hard in promoting the faith or talk about the faith because we don't want it to make too many waves. So boldness is something that I feel like I've been challenged with the past, I don't know, five, six months. To be more bold, but to also trust that God is working in people's hearts and minds. It's not up to me to try to like brand, like market that or put a spin on that. Um, you know, God's word has been around for thousands of years and has moved lives, billions of lives for thousands of years. 
It's not up to me to be like, oh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, talk about the gospel like this, or I'm going to, um, you know, whatever, say how God is working my life like this. Cause I don't want people to be offended or, um, you know, and I never thought I would be speaking like this. I had really no intention <laughs> at all to be even sharing my faith publicly like this. I think for a long, long time, I kept my faith very private because, you know, I was maturing and working through it. And I, you know, I, I never, I never wanted my faith to be something for people. I never wanted my faith to be something that people got offended by. I never wanted my faith to be something that people felt like they were judged by or feel like they were, um, I don't know, pushed too hard by. I kind of wanted my faith to be like very, very safe, safe for me, safe for the people around me. But yeah, in the past few years, I felt a deeper calling to like share my faith and what I, my point of view. I just also feel like we need to be bold in this world. Like we need to be, I think we need to be bold with our faith in this world. Not because we have to take up space and show people why they're wrong and, you know, show why our faith is, you know, the best out there. Show why being Catholic is the best thing. Because we have to be bold in our faith because there's so much emptiness out there and the world brings so much pain and the world brings so many questions and society brings so much devastation to people's lives, people's relationships, people's um, careers. That we have to be bold in our faith because God is the answer for these things. And that's what I've come to realize. Like you can't really separate God from all of these um, you know, problems in our lives. It's when we take God out of everything in our life and out of our relationships and out of our schools and out of our homes and out of our places of work and out of our, you know, organizations. It's when we take God out is that that's when we leave room for people to come in and mess it up. For our weakness to come in and mess up society. And so it's like, I think we need to be bold because we have to, we have to share the answers with people. We have to share the, the, the cheat codes of people. If you want happiness in life, Christ is there to give you happiness. If you want fulfillment in life, Christ is there to give you fulfillment. If you want a release from that pain, that anger, that frustration, that loneliness, God is there to take those things from you and to fill it with good things in life. Shout out to Pastor Jack Hibbs. If you haven't seen the prayer, you got to like Google it or see it on Instagram or TikTok or something. It's a great prayer. And he just comes firing out. And I laugh so hard thinking about um, Congress people, you know, getting upset. Like, well, like, you know, we got to sign a paper that to make sure this guy doesn't do that again. It's like, dude, your power is me. Your power has nothing if God the Father didn't give it to you from above. Um, okay, next up, we are going to do the first of many call-ins. I love this idea of a call-in show. I love this idea of connecting with you guys more and more. And I'd love to get conversations going and not have it be so one-sided. So right here is a phone number that you can call and leave a message. Tell me your thoughts. Ask me a question. Ask my perspective on something. And let's have a conversation about things in life, things in our faith. You can ask about me. Ask me anything. Tell me what's going on in your life. Tell me, tell me something that you'd like me to talk about. 
So call this number, leave a message 24-7, and then I can talk about it on the podcast. Um, this is a really great, this is a really great idea. This is a really great segment that I want to be doing and I want to be doing every episode because I want to include you guys more and more. I don't just want this to be a so, so one-sided, just so my point of view, like, so my perspective. I want to hear from you guys. And also I want to hear what's going on out there. You know, I can only talk about everything in my life and everyone's got such a rich, deep experience in the world that I want to hear about it. We want to hear about it. We want to hear what your story is. So we have our first caller right here and I'm going to play it. And we're going to listen. We're going to give an answer. Hey, this is Hector Lazaro. So my question deals with how would you go about creating What is those first steps? Um, I guess I've learned from college that you just can't do this at all. It has to be it's um, something you do in community. And when you go home or go find a job somewhere else, you don't have that type of community that you might have in college. And my question to you is, how do we build community as adults even in the uh, hustle and bustle of life? Hector, great question. I love that question. So to reiterate, Hector's question is, you have a great thing going on a college campus. You are involved in campus ministry. Your faith is being supported with brothers, with sisters, with the church, with activities, with programs that are centered around the faith. But then you go off, you get a job, you maybe go back to your hometown, you leave that faith community, that faith support system. How do you then build community as an adult? How do you build your support system as an adult? And I love this question. Um, I love this question so many levels. First and foremost, my belief is that like you need community and you need a support system to live this faith out. It is impossible to do it on your own. It is impossible to do it on your own as a family. The faith is meant to be run together. It is a shoulder to shoulder type endeavor. Um, you know, there's the great story of St. Benedict um, who went into a cave for like two years and was like, I'm just going to live this like hermit lifestyle. I'm just going to like live off of water in the cave and like eat berries right outside the cave. And I'm just going to like pray every day. And that's it. I'm going to like live for God. Soul focused on God. Did that for two years and was like, this faith came out of the cave and was like, this faith is meant to be lived together. We cannot do this on our own and started the Benedictine monks, monks, which is like the first, you know, um, you know, it was the first monks, the first kind of religious brother order. And then obviously has started, you know, hundreds of orders and religious orders and sisters and that have gone on to do so much good work in the world. But he had this great line, which is like this, this life is meant to be lived with others. Our faith is meant to be lived with others. I think we all learned that during um, the pandemic we're not really supposed to be just by ourselves in our houses doing our own thing. We're meant to connect with others. We are a people of connection. We are a people of relationships. Our relationships matter so deeply to us. You know, our relationship with our parents, our relationship with our friends, our relationship with our family, our relationship with our coworkers, our relationship with people. Those kind of are so important for how we're living our life and how we live out our life. We have to live our life together. The faith is not easy like you have to bounce, you have to get support, 
from others. You have to like be held accountable. You have to bounce ideas off each other. You have to hear other people in the faith and how they're doing it and kind of this iron sharpens iron. You have to do it. You can't just like God isn't just speaking just to our brain that we could live out by ourselves. Like, no, like we meant or we are meant to do this together in groups to help each other, to iron sharpens iron, to get each other um, to heaven together. And how do we know this? Where does this come from? Well, because that's what all the early church was. The early church was, you know, the new, the basically the whole new Testament after the gospels is, you know, these writers writing to these communities that popped up and be like, Hey, you're doing great, but maybe do this. Hey, remember this when you're doing your community, these are communities that built up in Philippi and Rome and, um, Corinth, Corinth, um, you know, these are communities that popped up from the very beginning of our church. People were living out the faith together. So you have to live out the faith together. So that's why we have to do it, right? But how do you do it? So, so here's the, the question, Hector, right? How? Now, I think there's a lot of different ways. So again, this is just my perspective. I think if you hear this and you have your own thoughts, reach out to me. Um, you know, so take this with you. I think you have to really stretch yourself and get out there. If you move to a new city, if you move to a new city, if you go to a college at a different place, if you move away from your hometown a little bit, if you're moving back to your hometown, like like Hector saying, going maybe back to his home city where he just had a great faith community. If you're looking for faith communities, you're wondering how to do it. First and foremost, it's a mindset. You have to stretch yourself. You have to put yourself out there. And I know that's really, really hard for everyone because it's not easy just to like walk up to someone and say, hey, my name is Pete. How you doing? You know, nice shirt. What's your name? Do you love Jesus? You know, like these are not easy things to do. But first and foremost, to really build faith communities, to be a part of faith community, you have to put yourself out there. Put yourself out there by going to, you know, your local parish and getting invested in your local parish by meeting people, your parish, by serving and volunteering at your parish. That's a great way to get involved. Volunteer. There's always, they're always asking for stuff at your church. Your parish is always asking for volunteers, whether you're listening or not, you're probably tuning out, but if you actually listen in a little bit, your parish is constantly asking for volunteers and the priests and leaders of that parish are dying to have you help out at the parish. So if you help at your local parish and you get involved, you're going to see community real quick. You're going to see community start to build real quick in your life. I know me and Tanya have experienced that where we moved down here or I moved down here, Tanya moved up here to Austin. You know, we had to find our faith community. And so we put ourselves out there. We've gotten involved in our parish. We've volunteered for things. We've served at things. And, at, you know, at times maybe it's inconvenient for our schedule. But over time, it's now been a support for our life. And a support for our growing family. We've baptized our once and we're baptizing our daughter at this church. You know, like these are things that are supporting our faith. So getting involved in your parish is a very, very great way. Another great way, getting involved with a social Christian organization like Young Catholic Professionals, YCP. I know YCP is in every um, major city. So if you're moving to a major city or you're moving back to your city or you're moving to a job, or you're going to college, YCP is going to be a great thing you could get involved with, Young Catholic Professionals. 
There's a Facebook pages, there's websites, there's chapters, easy to see what's going on with YCP. And this is going to be a little bit more of like a, you know, again, young Catholic professionals, a professional setting, a, um, a support professional, but deep down, it's also, it's community. It's young Catholic professionals who are supporting you. So if you're getting a new job out of college and you move to a city, let's say you move to Tulsa, Oklahoma, you got to look up YCP because there's going to be other young professionals just like you who are going to, um, who are going to be in the same spot as you and are able to support you. Um, that's, that's really a really great way. I think that's YCP is a really, really good one. I haven't had a ton of exposure to YCP, but, um, you know, a little bit I've gone, I think I've like went to one thing years ago, but I know a lot of people who've gone to a ton of things like that. Um, yeah. And then I would say another kind of like final, uh, you know, final way you can get involved is I, what I've experienced too is a lot of young Catholics, young Catholic Catholics in cities and young Catholic families are using technology and social media to support each other and to, um, reach out to each other. So if you're now looking for support and building community, you got to find Catholics who are doing it. And a great way to do that is, is like technologies, apps. I know GroupMe, well, it's, it's called GroupMe, right? Yeah, GroupMe is an app. Like I know there's, um, in Texas, there's these big GroupMe chains with like, you know, there's one in San Antonio that I'm a part of that has like 2,000 people on it. And they're talking about jobs, support, church times, you know, prayer, prayer chains, all these things to help support each other. And then from that, there's been a lot of, you know, small groups that have happened and um, you know, parish missions that have happened, but utilize technology to find community, get a group me, go on, on Instagram, find, go to like the parish dioceses, dioceses, go to like, find the things that are happening in your city through technology to then go meet people, to then go reach out to people. Um, like the first thing we said. So you got to utilize the tools of our age to help build community. And then once you kind of have the tools, the technology kind of get involved, that's when you, you got to build. That's when you find the community. That's when you can build small groups. That's when you can build Bible studies. Um, but you got to put yourself out there. Your parish is going to be a great first primary resource. YCP is going to be a great social thing. And then you got to use technology to meet the people, to, to get online, to get ideas to get information to get what's out there because people want to share it so i think it's a great question hector i appreciate it good luck as you're you know moving on to your next step in life and you know i know you're going to do great in whatever you do i know you're going to find great community so it's important it's important to remember our um that community and support is the only way to live this catholic you cannot just do it within the confines of your house you have to go out find support, get support, and be a support too. So great question. So once again, if you have a thought, a question, a comment, please call this number, leave a voicemail, leave a message. And I'd love to talk about it on this podcast. I think there's so many great conversations we can have um, in in this in this through forum. Um, it's kind of a very typical formula, call-in show, like a Catholic call-in show, very, very uh, easy format. So um, I would love to hear from you guys. So please, please, please call in. I'd love to keep doing these call-in segments. So that's it for me today, y'all. I appreciate all of you. 
Hope you guys are having a great week, great Lent. As always, I just want to thank you all for being a part of this journey of what's the dough. So talk to y'all soon. See y'all next week. Peace.